Our reading this evening is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. An easy mistake to make about sin, or about repentance, is to think of sin as the kind of thing that just sort of happens occasionally. Kind of like uh, a bad choice in your diet. So occasionally, I eat too many potato chips. Occasionally, I eat more chocolate than I should. Occasionally, I eat things that are unhealthy for me. It's easy to think about sin in that way. That it's an occasional indiscretion. And that repentance, then, that repentance is taking a diet from sin. You often hear this kind of thinking uh, around Lenten time uh, among folks who want to fast during Lent. You'll often hear people say things like they're going to fast from some vices in their life. I'm going to fast from cussing. Or I'm going to fast from drinking too much. Or I'm going to fast from any number of other sins that they might think they are stuck in. In that way, they're thinking about sin as like a bad diet choice. Something that they can opt out of if they want to, but really it's just sort of an indiscretion that they like to commit every now and again. Which is also the reason why lots of people binge on sin. They go to town thinking, well, you know, if I already committed one sin, I might as well just do some more. I might as well just enjoy it altogether. It's very easy to think about sin like indiscretions in our diet, and it's easy to think of repentance as somehow signing up for a diet plan and saying no to certain kinds of foods. But that is not at all how the Bible talks about sin or about your life in Christ. Listen again to how Paul puts it. He says, how can we who had died to sin still live in it? Which makes it seem like sin is not so much this moment or that moment or this choice or that choice, but a place. Sin is a place in which you live. It's a place in which your whole life is imbued with things that are unrighteous. It's a place in which sin reigns, a place in which you are enslaved to sin. Kind of like how the people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt. You know how the story goes. They were servants to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh drove them hard. And they cried out to God because of their slavery. They were not free. They belonged to Pharaoh. They had to work for him. That's how sin works in people's lives. It enslaves them. 
It's like their residence of Egypt. That's their home. That's where they belong. That is their life. So you can also see what Paul's getting at when he says, if you have been set free from sin, how can you then go on sinning? It's like the people of Israel being set free from Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, the waters are parted, the waters come back together and drown Pharaoh and all his hosts. And as the people are making their way towards the Promised Land, they begin to think about what wonderful things they had back in Egypt. Although their bodies are free from that slavery, really they're still living there in Egypt, mentally, spiritually. Their hearts are still back there in Egypt. It's like they're treating this trip through the wilderness as like a, a, just a trip out of town. They're, they're going to get back there eventually. That's their home. Egypt is their home. That's how it is with sin as well. It's very easy for us to think about sin as the kind of thing that we'd like to get back to once this diet is over. Once I've put in my time saying no to sin, then I can get back to all of those things that I have loved doing. It's such a dreadful way of thinking. That's what Paul is combating in Romans chapter 6. He has people saying to him, look, if grace is so wonderful and grace can cover all of my sins, well then maybe I should just keep on enjoying my sins and then God can be even more gracious to me because their hearts, their hearts are still at home in sin. But you've been called out of sin. You've been called out of slavery and bondage. You've been set free. You're not just out of town, coming back later. You're not just on a vacation from sin. You're not just taking a diet from sin, but you are living a whole new life. A life that is not in sin, but in Christ. This is how Paul describes baptism. You've been buried with Christ. Your old sinful nature, your old sinful flesh has been laid into the grave with Jesus. And there it is. There it died with him, so that when he rose from the dead, you would rise as well to walk in newness of life. Baptism into Christ means a new life in a new place. It's not the old life in a new place, and it is also not the, a new life in the same old place, but it is a new life in a new place, a new setting altogether, new rules, new promises, new blessings, new pleasures, new delights, new everything, new in Christ, so that the old, the old is meant to be to you something far gone and in the past. Sin and all of its consequences is to be left behind you like Egypt was to be left behind the people of Israel. It's more, instead of it being like a diet where you take a break from this food or that food that you shouldn't be eating. It's more like recognizing, recognizing that you've been shopping in the wrong aisle <laughs> this whole time. And it's not even like you were, it turns out you've been shopping in the candy aisle and it's no wonder if your health is not so great, but you've been, you've been shopping in the automotive section at Walmart and you've been drinking, you know, fluids that you put in your car. It's killing you. This is poison. Don't do it. Stop doing it. That's not your life anymore. Your life is full of health and joy because it's a life in Christ. You've been set free from sin. You've been buried with Christ, and so you will be raised with him. That's what we have to orient ourselves towards as Christians. This is what we spend our whole lives doing. It's a completely new way of thinking, and we are continually tempted to fall back into our old ways. That's why your baptism is so precious. Remembering what God has done for you, just like the people of Israel could have remembered how God rescued them from Egypt, sending those plagues of judgment on Egypt and its gods, how he brought them to the edge of the Red Sea when they thought there was no hope left and he made a way. He brought them through. And how he made a promise to them of a land flowing with milk and honey, a land in which all of the things that they have suffered to this point, they will never experience again. If they remember that, 
If they remember that, how then, how then could they ever want to go back? That's why we make the sign of the cross, to remember, to remember our baptism, to remember that that cross was placed on you in baptism. You were marked with the name of God. You were made his people. You were set free from your slavery to sin. So make the sign of the cross all the time. Say, in the na- begin your day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. End your day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When you pray, do it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And remember, remember every time that you were once a slave to sin, dead in your trespasses, lost in darkness. But Christ has rescued you. He set you free. And so now you can, you are able, you are free to walk in a new life. Live in Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.